everybody. Welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. Today, I'm joined by an ardent role player. Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph. I'm CEO of Ardacious, a Brisbane-based game studio, and uh, we've got a mobile app called Ardent Roleplay. And, and, and thoroughly disappointed in the um, quality of that uh, pun, I assume. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's why we called it what we called it, so I... I very happy with it. <laughs> awesome. So, um, Ralph, for, for people who have not, say, got out their phone from their pocket immediately and have started to look on the App Store to see what Ardent is, what is Ardent? Uh, what, what is the Ardent Roleplay app? So, Ardent Roleplay is an augmented reality companion app for tabletop role-playing games. That's the, that's the kind of tech angle of it. Um, from a features angle, what it basically does is it provides you um, augmented reality creatures, scenery, terrain, all the kind of really cool stuff that you would love to spend, you know, a mortgage on um, at uh, at places like Dwarven Forge or WizKids or Reaper or things like that. Um, yep. But it's uh, augmented reality, so you can uh, actually store it because it's just in your phone. And you can transport it because it's just in your pocket, and uh, and it's you know it's just there, and it doesn't cost you a mortgage. Um, and on top of that, um, effectively, what it does is so as a games master, it gives you a dungeon master. It gives you the opportunity to have really cool minis and, and terrain and creatures and props as well. Um, players then look through their phone through the app. Um, we use uh, cards. Um, and we'll, we can talk about online play and stuff in a second as well. Um, but they look through their phone at these images, and then the augmented reality models pop up, and so they get a a window onto the world that their character would have. And that's, I guess, that the other really cool part of it is that if I show you a room, you know, let's say I'm really cool at crafting, which I'm not, but let's assume for a moment that I am. I make this really awesome tavern, and uh, your your party is in there, and they're looking around, and they do their perception rolls, and the rogue notices that there's maybe you know a, a safe behind the, the the mirror. You know, the mirror's a bit of a funny angle, and maybe there's something there that that indicates you know hidden loot. Without a role play, only the player who plays the rogue character sees that. Only the player who plays the wizard sees the magical curse, you know, on the amulet out on the table. Only the, uh, you know, ranger sees the, the the scuff marks of some kind of beast that is that that nightly prowls through the tavern room, protecting stuff. Um, so it's a, a really nice way of not just giving you models, but but having models that are individualized for each player based on their character. I'm <clears throat> sorry. Uh, that's why I had a lot of water just now, Josh. Just to not do that. Um, it, it is really, really cool. Um, you uh, had, oh, sorry, you. I, I was lucky enough to sit down with. Um, I believe we said it was Ty. Um, I do want to apologize, friend. I'm really bad with names. Um, who gave me a really, really cool walkthrough of this, and it is a really, really cool piece of software. Um. Now, now, I did want to ask, how long have you been playing things like Dungeons & Dragons? I um, I first 
played a game of D&D in high school. It must have been... I'm guessing it was like maybe 1986 or 1987, maybe something around there. Um, I had a group of friends that, that used to play at lunchtime, and um, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> so I kind of went, That's yeah, right. I don't know, I can't get into this. And uh, and and then played lots of other games, you know, and stuff. I'm German originally, so I kind of grew up with board games, you know, Spiel, Game of the Year, and all, you know, the, the games are a big thing for Europeans. Um, and then uh, I had a, a different group of friends, also nerdy. Uh, yeah, I'm nerdy too, so hey. Um, when the uh, Tandy fourth edition of all editions was was uh, in in its sort of public beta, they said, "Hey, you know, we used to play D and D, and this you know revision of of D and D is coming out. Shall we try it?" So um, that's when I you know, I said, "Look, I only played once, but I'll be happy to try it. You know, it's the famous D and D. I should give it a shot." Um, yeah. Went along, fell in love with it, and uh, been been playing regularly ever since. Nice. Um, well, what what people who aren't you and me don't know is that um, about three minutes ago, I showed you the cover of the uh, original Advanced D and D Dungeon Master's Guide. So I was like, yeah, if you started off on that, my friend, that's yeah, that's a that's a learning curve, mate. Yeah, you know, kind of glad they got Thacker out of there quick, smart, like. Actually, no, it wasn't quick smart. It was like, it made it to second edition, which is very silly. Uh, but anyways, um, so you've been playing D&D for quite some time. Um, are, are there other games that you've played, like, say, you know, uh, Dungeon World or Ask Magica or any of the, uh, the White Wolf um, systems? Did any of these contribute to the aesthetic or the, or, or the way that you put together this app? Um, I, uh, I, I really like Dungeon World. I'm a big fan of Dungeon World. Um, I really like the, the kind of improvisational, you know, I mean, overall I like the idea because of the shared storytelling, you know, that, that really happens like, working together to build stuff. And I think Dungeon World does that really well. Um, I've played, um, you know, I've, I've, exp- uh, yeah, I've played sessions of, um, Shadowrun and Vampire and um, Call of Cthulhu and um, oh, I don't know, a whole bunch of games. So our, our group kind of will try different things out as well. You know, it's not just D&D every week. Um, but, Good group. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when there's not enough people, then it's board games and stuff. So um, I think from an aesthetic perspective, I mean, from a from a aesthetic on the table perspective, we really tried to match miniatures because uh, the the app is augmented reality um so the real idea is to augment other minis you know you're using it alongside Mm. stuff on the table if that's how you're playing so if you've got some minis if you've got some creatures you know you've got a really cool dragon model that you're using that's awesome you just need another five dragons that's all so so you can use it augment you know unreal for that um or you go five ten we want 20 dragons yeah. I, I I think uh, most tables the the player characters would have problems if there were five dragons on the table. That there, there might be like um no <laughs> some sometimes uh, as players we we don't get the hint clearly enough that uh, one of the choices you have is to walk away and, and and you know where one dragon is like we we've got this five dragons gives you a a, a clearer hint of. You know, you, you can just 
turn, <laughs> hide, run. Yeah, do do the give it the old brave Sir Robin treatment. Yes. Um. Yeah. Look, well, mate. Look, there's a dragon here with five heads. She's very upset. Is this really a situation you'd like your chances in? No. Vade retro, mate. Yeah. Um. Cool. So, um. What what was the story behind this app? Like, you know, listening to what you're saying, like, you know, you have got a very, I assume, a fairly rich library of minis and a pretty decent amount of maps. Um, I mean, I also know a lot of people who love to play with minis, dice, pencils and everything uh, because of the tactile nature that a mini has weight, whereas a piece of paper is it's just a piece of paper. So... Where did the desire for this app come from? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I'll, I'll take a step back and talk about my background a bit. So I've got a PhD in computer science, and I used to teach at um, University of Queensland as head of the multimedia and interaction design degree program. Oh, all sorts of really fun, cool stuff along the way. And uh, and then I worked at SAE Creative Institute. I was head of the games department there for a while, and um, it must have been 2014, I think. Yeah, I think it was 2014. I was teaching a, a class um, doing project, a lot of project-based learning, and we're looking at um, uh, commercialization of, of games and serious games and a whole bunch of stuff. And I used to always throw in one bit of cool tech for the students to also explore. And that, that semester, we did AR. And um, while we were doing that, I was thinking, like, it's just somewhere along the way, I went, you know, AR's kind of getting ready. Like, it's it's viable. It's viable to be used now. Um, and I don't know, something just hit me that I went, this would be really cool to just expand the minis collection, um, just to give you extra stuff on the table. At that point, we hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really thought about the fact that you can give different people different views or, or, you know, all the extra animations and all the extra stuff that comes with it. And, I mean, it was just an idea, just something, you know, something that ticked over and then um, I ended up leaving SE and have my own company now. We're focused more on um, games for learning. So a couple of games, um, bespoke games built for universities, for psych, psych degrees and stuff like that. And um, we, we had a couple of former students from that class came to see me to ask um, for some mentoring set a, a card game that they wanted to commercialize and I said yeah that's cool but let's take that idea about AR minis and let's make that happen as well I help you with that you know let's let's just work that out and um, so we started working on that their card game is still sitting in a drawer we never fully got back to that um, they started working on other projects that I had on and, and it was sort of a side project and um, that must have been, I guess, getting close to five years ago now. That that you know that sort of very early, just prodding prodding at it, mocking up mm. some stuff in Unity and things. And uh, that idea grew. The side project, you know, the company grew. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we looked at it and went, you know what? There's, you know. 20 million RPG players maybe in the world, maybe more. Um, they love games for a long time. They're dedicated. You know, this isn't like uh, like the computer games where you get a, a, a usage spike and then you've got to 
then it flattens out. You know, you've got people who are very committed for a long time to the same games, and if you're making models for this, you know, everybody in the world can use it because they're all using the same dragons or the same trolls or the same stuff. Well, I mean, you know, Pathfinder has different looking dragons from Dungeons and Dragons, but, you know, easily modified. Well, a, a red dragon is a bit different to a blue dragon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've got our dragon pack has 10 different dragons in it. And they all look different, and, you know. So we've got cool. the blue dragon, the black dragon, the gold and bronze and silver and white, which is okay. fun. But um, uh, I, I'm I'm going to ask when you're going to um, uh, say pick up Kobold's uh, Tome of Beasts or some such, because uh, let me tell you, man, that Clockwork Dragon, that that thing's a thing of beauty. Yeah, we don't have that yet. That that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one day. One day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so we at at some point we went, hey, let's just actually just focus on that. Um, and so we we've built up um, the underlying system as a platform that allows us to make shared experiences, facilitate shared facilitated experiences with AR. And Arden Roleplay is actually effectively our flagship product for it. Um, so it's designed so that the platform can also be used for board game expansions and, and other projects and other stuff that we're looking at, but Ardent Roleplay is our kind of, you know, it's our it's our showcase. It's the really cool product. It, it did definitely strike me as something that would work very similar to, say, um, Tabletop Simulator um, on, on, on Steam, where, yeah, I mean, with the right crafting tools and, say, a reasonable knowledge of, like, a game's rulebook, you could very easily recreate um, Hero Quest. You could very easily recreate uh, Space Crusade. And I thought that's actually, like, that is super cool. Because it means, like, these old games can be given a new life. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, they, they can be given a really, really new modern life. And with the right animations and bits and pieces, you, you could have something... I mean, well, you probably couldn't get away with putting Space Marines because Games Workshop, I imagine, would, you know, <laughs> you would get a letter very quickly. I expect um, you would. Yeah. Um, but you could definitely, like, remake and substitute in different bits and pieces. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess you're talking... At, at this point, people kind of go, yeah, but I don't want to hold my phone all the time. Um <laughs> The classic bit, right? Um, so I'll add to that. See my hand go up. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and we, you know, we kind of went, "Hey, this is a cool idea," and we really thought about how to use this in a way that that you're not holding your phone all the time, which is why we use cards. Um, we we talk about like you know minis are really nice; they're tactile. Um, we use tarot sized cards that actually have a you know a little bit of feel to them they're large enough that the movement even when you're moving around is there and it's amazing of when you're we're holding a card and you're looking at it and there's something on that card it makes you think that the weight of the card has increased you you start to actually your brain fills in the gaps right your brain thinks well it should be like this so therefore i'm going to believe it's like this and and you know the, the feeling of it is there yeah, but the, the, the brain is easy to lie to Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the you know, and we've experimented with a whole bunch of different things at different times and somewhere along the way we went you know, what if we put the phones on little tabletop tripods while we play? 
And that really transformed the experience. Because mm. now you're sitting on the table, you've got, you know, your pencil, your paper, your dice, and all you've got is you've got this little window that, that looks down onto the table that you kind of look through. The cards show you where everything is, but the window kind of makes it come alive. It it it's basically kinda of like having glasses or having, you know, this this third hand that holds it there. Um and it just becomes completely unobtrusive. I, and, I, I was going to say, uh, it would be extremely cool, um, or, or, or my brain's thinking it might be extremely cool, because most phones, you can now get like those uh, like those VR headset things to mount it in. Yeah. So if you're not looking at the table, and like you could have that thing, say, plugged into like a battery pack or something. So you could even look, <coughs> you could even look, say, down at the, uh, like the table and because you're not looking at like the cards or anything, like you could see your hand. So you could still do yeah. like your dice rolls, like you're filling in your paperwork, like taking your notes. And then you look at the table and then, wow, there it all is. So that that's potentially another option for people who maybe want to maybe take it too seriously. Yeah, there is um, this, this some kind of level of that with the, the sort of putting on the, the phone type a uh, sort of simulated AR because it basically does a, a camera feed through. And you're seeing what's on the other end. Um, I think we we sort of partly wanted to avoid having anything in front of your eyes in that way when you're sitting around the table because you really want to you don't want to break that connection to other players. Um, you know when you're sitting around. Um, that said, um, you know you've probably seen Tilt Five. The, the very cool headsets um, set up. That's, uh, so Tilt 5 did a Kickstarter last year. They've got an AR um, headsets. They'll be rolling out early next year. Um, and they're really focused on augmented reality for tabletop games. So it's, it has a, a, a mat on the table and you've got your headsets on. Um, and we're, so we're, we're chatting with them about porting, porting our stuff because basically headsets is just a platform for us the way phones is. Um, so it's just another just another platform but um, but the, the the nice thing about having it having the phone on a tripod that just kind of looks down onto the table that you sort of just glance through to see onto the table is you can still pick it up and really kind of look around because there's something very cool about AR and the kind of movement that you can get closer and, and things like that um, but it's also um, it, it's just amazing how quickly it disappears. When 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 I ask people after playtests, what was your experience? What what do you remember the most? What was really cool? And they'll say, ah, oh, you know that when when the when the dragon. Hang on, there was there was no dragon. You know, the memory that people have, and in fact, the memory I have when I watch people play, and I've been there from the start. I mean, I know this thing inside out back to mm. front right but still when i watch people play the memory of the, the game itself is as if there was these animated creatures on the table like star wars chess or, or Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that right speaking to yeah, different I, age, I would also age bands here do not try and make star wars chess you will get sued so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly mm. um but uh you know the the thing is that the phone completely disappears in the same way that, that for those of us who wear glasses 
our glasses disappear. And um, yeah, it's amazing how when you're not holding, particularly because you don't have that interruption, they just go. Yeah, I now now one thing that um fortunately Sean kind of told me about was um now this app can be used remotely as well. You you don't all have to be at the same place now. And and given this is twenty twenty, for at least another couple of weeks. Um, and after that, we're done. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I'm done now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was joking <clears throat> um, with someone earlier this year. He's like, uh, I don't know, man. Like this twenty. I was like, look, dude, you will last longer than twenty twenty. He's like, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Um, but anyways, um, now, now this app can be used remotely. So for people who cannot get together. Um, they they do not have to be excluded from a game, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, were, were there any limitations or anything that needs to be specifically overcome in that case, or is it all pretty? You know, it it is as if you're there. Um. So yeah, absolutely. Remote play is totally doable. It's doable in a couple of ways. One is um, you have every player can just have their own set of cards and the GM just says, hey, place this card on the, you know, this is the card that you're looking at next. Um, and we have a set of print and play cards online that you can just download and print out. Uh, we have a, a, a larger deck that gives you more variety, but we also have a, a, you know, a print and play deck that's that's got enough cards in it um, for you to play. But you can also use um, the card images we've got the card images as well online for the print and play um, on virtual tabletops like Roll20 or um, Fantasy Grounds or whichever whatever virtual tabletop you're using and um, so the basically then you can make your your I can't remember what the terminology is now for Roll20 but your, your desktop you know your, your different scenes or screens or I can't remember what they what they refer to it as um and just throw some images of cards on it. And when you point your phone at that, um, we have a, a mode that, that rather than then having this sort of weird top-down view on something, it mm. rotates it forward by 90 degrees. So it just hovers in front of the screen. So now when you're looking at it, you're kind of going, yeah, okay, you know, there's a card. I look at it, cool. I now have hovering in front of the screen this 3D scenery of a, a major's tower that, you know, where the different levels are spinning and, and stuff like that, or a, a ship that's on the ocean, there's waves, it's, you know, it's bobbing in the ocean, and then you the, the GM says, okay, there's a storm coming, and, and you change the scene, and there's lightning and rain, and, it, you know, the, the, the water's darker, and it's sort of moving around, and stuff like that. So it really allows that immersion that world building um, mm. from that perspective and it and also allows exactly the same kind of each player gets to see what their character sees um, no matter where you are in the world that is that is that that is extremely cool like I mean that's a that's a great way of I guess but because not everyone is like you and me and potential well I, I guess more like me because I, I stuck with Dungeons and Dragons because um, you know that's what was going um you know I, I i grew up playing only theater of the mind you know because you know you and i well i'm australian um and, and getting anything to this country is um not easy even back then it was it was super not easy 
Um, and, and so like the idea of like a map and miniatures and everything was like, no, not even my nerdiest friends had D and D stuff of that. Like yeah. we had some Warhammer, but we didn't have any D and D stuff. Um, and, and so being able to change that, that, that is super cool because some people mm. just cannot do theater of the mind. Exactly. And look, uh, you know, even, even if we look right at the start, like right at the history of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, Gary Gygax kind of really liked playing war games and where you've got a battle set up, whether it's like Waterloo or something, you know, and you've got the terrain and the hills and the minis and, and all the stuff is there because you're really, you know, it's highly strategic and tactical in that sense. Um, but he wanted to make this fantasy game and realized adventurers move around a lot. And, and he himself kind of said, look, if you've got minis, that's fantastic. But you're not going to be making so many scenes because you're only in this little area, you know, for like one encounter and then you're moving somewhere else. Like, nobody is going to make all these different maps and terrain for all these different encounters. It made perfect sense for war games because mm. you've got a battle that's going to be there for like five days or something, right? <laughs> I'd also love to just grab that sentence that he said back then. And if there was some way of showing him Roll20 now, and yeah. like, mate, go through that library. I'll be waiting for you to be done. Yeah. And, yeah, or or, be, or, or for him to realize, oh my God, there are there are shops that make all this stuff or the people that have like, you know, walls full of shelving of, of stuff. Um, so I think and, on the one hand... And that's the shame pile. <laughs> well, yeah, that. So on the one hand, like it's, in theater of the mind, is awesome. But like you said, not everybody, well, firstly, not everybody can actually visualize stuff either. You know, yeah. there, are, there are types of aphasia where you describe things and people just cannot mentally see it. And and when we demonstrate unroleplay to people, you know, it's surprising how many people sort of say, if I had that, you know, if I had minis and stuff, I could actually play. But without it, I just find it too hard. Um, mm. That's that's from that perspective. And then the other side is there's a lot of people who'd like to GM, um, I think. <laughs> little do they know um so, some of us are just stuck gming that's, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a lot of gms who'd like to play again absolutely of course but there's a lot of players that also like to gm but i think that sense of can i actually tell a tale and bring the party along and bring them into my world and build a world that they can immerse themselves in that they can get you know that that's becomes real to them might be a bit daunting um, and from that perspective, having models, having stuff is really cool. So, you know, really you want beginner GMs to have access to all of the models to make it easier for them. But of course, beginner GMs don't have that because either they're like, you know, teenagers who just discovered it and, and can't afford $300 for a, you know, for a dungeon, part of a dungeon corridor or something. Um, yeah, and that's and that's kind of some of the stuff that we really you know, wanting to do with this, that we make props to help world building, props to help this kind of storytelling much more affordable. And the other thing of that too is, um, you know, obviously the other really big component these days when we talk about um, RPGs is is that we can't not talk about streaming. Yeah. Right. And um, and Unroll Play lets you put VFX into your streams. You know, if you make if you if you're gonna if you want to start a stream, you say, "Hey, my friends, we we actually have a lot of fun when we play. We think we want to share that. 
um, having some visuals there can really help. So you know you can you can just feed that phone view into OBS as a as another you know external camera that comes in, and now you've got you know the, the faces sitting around and a, a scene on a, a tavern or a um, you know dungeon or forest clearing or something like that in the middle. Um, and we've added a thing in called sort of spectator mode. So if you're running this game um, and your party are all joined into the campaign, so they're all you know, joining the app, you can also effectively publish those models to spectators so they can at home look at the same models as if they're part of your player group, as if they're sitting around the table um, while you're running a game. So you basically say, yeah, here's this other code, put that in. Um, you're now part of the spectator group on Arden Roleplay, and that could be you know, thousands of people, five, whatever your spectator group is at the moment. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, and, and, and get them more immersed and get them more engaged as well. You know, will they notice some clues before the players do? When you yes. know, when they're looking at the room, when they're looking at the yeah. stuff, right? Will will they see it and go, "Ah, oh, God, why is nobody? They haven't seen it yet." Oh my God, you know. Yeah, this is why you also need a mod in the chat to be like, "No, no, you're not publishing that." No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you just don't, just don't let your players see the chat. That's easy. So. <laughs> yeah. I I also don't know how to stream things. Like I, I think I've thoroughly embarrassed myself in front of you tonight as far as like my technical. Sorry, my, my, my lack of technical know-how goes, but, you know. <sighs> um, <coughs> sorry. That cough's just not going away. This is not great. Um, now, I, I think also, I mean, with, with the crafting of an adventure, now you said that the, the crafting mode works perfectly on uh, laptops, desktops, or that kind of thing. Um, I, I had a little look at, at what, time made available to me and it, it looks like it's a pretty easy-ish bunch of things to use like if you can use like a basic map drawing piece of software this seemed to be pretty on, on the level with like okay you could probably it's, do this Josh. yeah it's probably less than that even so um for the desktop we've got a thing called the creation kit and and i should add um go to ardenroleplay.com um, we've got the download links there. It's available on iOS and Android. Um, and the creation kit is available on Mac OS and Windows. And um, the creation kit, basically, you um, sign in. Signing up is free. Sign in, and then you can go, cool, I'll create a new campaign. Structurally, we, we structure things as campaigns. Then within the campaign, you say, cool, I want to create some new encounters. Um create a new encounter, create a new encounter button, and then says, cool, here's our asset library. Here's a library of all sorts of different models that we've got, and we organize those into packs. So we've got like dungeon pack one, dungeon pack two, you know, city pack one, high street or slums and stuff like that. Um, click on one of those, then it shows you the list of the, the kind of models that are in there. Um, Select one of those, then it takes you into sort of the encounter builder. And, and within that, you basically say, cool, create a new state of that, a new sort of, you know, view on that encounter. Um, and then you've just got things that you can turn on and off within that. 
So if you're in a tavern, you might have a, you know, this is a nice big bearskin rug. Do you want to show it or not? You know, there's some people sitting at the table. Do you want those sitting there or not? There's a, a notice board on the wall. Turn it on and off. There's a fireplace. You know, have the fire on, have the fire off, you know, things like that. Um, you know, some doors that you can turn on and off. So it's pretty straightforward. You store it, you save it, um, you can, and then you then you can copy that and make the variations of it that you would then show different people. You know, like oh, you've got these footsteps that appear. I'll make so I'll make a copy of it with the footsteps. That's the one that I might show the ranger that they 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 can find the tracks. You know, go all Aragorn on you. They came this way. There was four of them. They 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 kick a helmet and accidentally break their toe. That's why their scream of <laughs> anguish is so realistic. That's that's right. They were wearing Nikes. Um, no, hang on. Uh, <laughs> no, these are Kaiwak. <laughs> these are Russians. They're clearly wearing Adidas, mate. Um, yeah. Um, I I guess one other thing that I'd be thinking with this creation kit is, you you have libraries of models, but is there the facility for someone to build their own uh, model? Like you know, they can start like. You know, without wanting to, you know, get in trouble for licensing things. Oh, look, that thing could well be a 10-foot-tall armor-plated Catholic space fascist from another universe that we're definitely not impinging on, mate. Absolutely not. Um, Not yet. Um, It is on our roadmap to to allow people to put their own models in. Um, Not yet for a couple of reasons. One is the kind of copyright issues stuff to some degree we need to still work out how to navigate that um more importantly though is um the models that you make and put in then need to be usable on a phone for ar and um uh, for the 3d modelers out there two words poly count um the number of polygons in a model dramatically um impact on the performance of your phone it's really easy to go, cool, I'm going to make this really awesome model. I've got this bit of software. Um, you know, they use it for movies and all sorts of stuff. It's like, cool, you're making a, you know, IMAX theater quality high poly model of something that you load that in a in even a you know, top-end phone and it's just going to grind to a burning yeah, you, halt. You, you, your friend's iPhone 6 explodes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I I will confess now. I have looked at that uh, piece of software, otherwise known as Second Life, and there was very, very definitely a case where someone would like load up some kind of avatar, which which was not just a penis man, um, but it would just be like this fantastic thing, but it would take like twenty minutes for them to render, and it would just go through every stage, and it's like. You know, Australian internet would just go like, yeah. absolutely. Yes, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. So, so I, I can see. Yeah. There's, there's like at the moment there definitely be limitations on you know the tech and what people can actually do with it. Um. But also, yeah, the uh, the not getting sued aspect is um. There's a there's a bit of that, and you know, and you can kind of say, look, this is you know, you can upload the model and just use it with your groups. As you know, it's always kind of fine anyway. So from that perspective, it's fine. Um. But yeah, it's it's actually mainly the, really the technical things. And and look, you know, this is something that will never go away, as you know, as evidenced by. Um, I don't know if you've read any of the posts about cyberpunk um, that's come out this week, and you know, it is grinding people's. You know, it's it's a great game, but the performance is struggling on on absolutely I, I, I top will, end machines. I will, I will level with you, my friend. 
I know this is a CD Projekt Red game. I I enjoy The Witcher Three. The Witcher Three is great. It's it's you know it's one of my faves. Um, I knew better. I knew better. Just like no 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 no, Josh, don't ease those hammers. <laughs> Wait a couple of years for two reasons. A, your computer right now is not going to do it. Yeah. B. Do you remember the first Witcher, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, do you remember how... Um... Just because just they released two patches within a day. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to cut it, mate. It's, yeah. it's really just not going to do the job. And, it, and, and it's a case of like, yeah, like... I'm, I'm sure that in, you know, the next 12 months, you know, they'll, they'll patch it and it'll run beautifully yeah. on, on everything same as the Witcher 3 and they'll have like a bunch of their DLC out. Um, and I don't know if I would buy it because I don't like the philosophy of their philosophy of their company when it comes to crunch and other things like that. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know. I didn't know that when I bought Witcher 3. (laughs) Your honor. Um, (laughs) now there, there is always one last question we always ask. Oh, well almost always ask. Um, and it's it's especially poignant, I think, in twenty twenty. Um, how's your self care been going? How how are you making sure that you stay healthy, you know, body, mind, and soul? Yeah, yeah. If we accept the existence the existence of the third, <laughs> great question. It's it's been a tough year. Um, yeah, look, no doubt, no doubt about it at all. We um, in the studio we we moved to work from home pretty early um and and that has its its positives and its negatives um i can get more work done when i don't have people coming in all the time asking me stuff <laughs> um just you know because we're, we're you know we always had an open door policy because you're doing stuff and things come in um but there's something around also you know working with people that's nice so from a social perspective there, we really try to, you know, we do shared meetings regularly and, and try and check in with each other and, and we, we use Slack to kind of communicate in the team. Um, from a, you know, from a more personal perspective, um, I think something that, that particularly the work from home does is that it sort of turns around that it's easy, easy to start to live in the office rather than have set up an office in your house. Um, so we, uh, um, just this week, my partner and I last week moved, moved some things around so that, that our office now is in a different room that's not right in the center of the house. So when we walk through, we're not, you know, most angles yeah. where you were, you could see the office, which just expands it out. Now it's sort of down a side, you know, in a side room, so which is better. Um, and other than that, I, um, I don't know, try and live healthy, take some breaks. I, I like reading. But uh, you know, there's times when I lose myself in in fiction a fair bit, and uh, make sure that you you know keep playing stuff with friends when you can, whether it's uh, whether it's online or you know. Um, I mean, we're so lucky in Australia in how well we've managed to manage things. Um, so, for uh, for your listeners overseas, you know, if, I don't know if you've got um, friend bubbles that uh, you know that you can play within stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely have um. I I I'm fortunate. Like I mean, pretty well all my games have all been online, so I, I'm like that's just the thing that I'm kind of used to doing. Um, 
but you know we we've we're we're kind of making a plan or two that you know when this whole vaccine thing is is done and proven to be safe and and not going to give us you know side effects that are absolutely horrible um i suspect there is going to be an in-person game or two that just gets kind of like look we we have to do this now um <clears throat> yeah the, the work from home thing i worked from home for a number of months this year and i i'm not set up for it mentally just but that's me cool um excellent i i can't think of anything else to, to really ask um ralph wh wh where can people go to find yourself if they want to ask interesting questions i know that you have a discord um i yep. know that your community manager is just a, a wonderful lovely human being to sit and play games with um but but if, if, if people want to ask you a question directly is that something yeah. they can do yeah absolutely um so uh i'm ralph mm on twitter um which for some reason lately my notifications have been flaky, but anyway. Um, or you can email me at ralph, R-A-L-F, at audacious.com. It's like audacious, but with A-R. Um, <laughs> man who likes a pun. Um, uh, you can go to our Facebook page. Um, you know, Facebook's probably our main, you know, one of our big channels. We're on a bunch of channels, as you have to be these days. So if you look for Arden Roleplay, you'll, you'll find many ways of contacting us and, and it'll come through and, uh, and we'll get back to you. So, and yeah, absolutely. The discord is a, a good place to hop on as well. Cool. Um, Ralph, thank you so very, very much for your time. Um, and, and thank you for making this very cool thing. Ah, oh, you're very, very welcome. And I, I hope, you know, a couple of people try it out and fall in love with it and, and have a play. Excellent. Ralph, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure.